Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 296 of the Ask the Coach show, where Ping Skills helps you improve your table tennis. I'm Jeff Plum, and as always, I'm joined by Super Coach Alois Rosario. Welcome, Alois. Ah, thank you, Jeffrey, and uh, hope hope you're well. Hope you've had a good few days. We've had uh, we've had a pretty big time here in Melbourne with the Melbourne Cup. You know, I mean, we get a holiday for a horse race here in Melbourne. Yeah, um, that's how crazy Australia is. <laughs> Public holiday <laughs> for a horse race? Why not? Yeah, and our, and our last uh, and our previous public holiday was uh, because of the uh, football grand final. So uh, yeah, so that's that's our last two public holidays anyway. <laughs> yeah, we're a crazy bunch. Uh, but Alloys, today it's an exciting show because um, we're going to have a special guest on um, to talk about really, uh, yeah, to talk about some rankings. Okay. Um, so so that's going to be pretty good, I think. Okay. That, that that does sound exciting, Jeffrey. Yes, it does indeed. But um, but, um yeah, were you going to say something? Yeah, I, 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 I was just hoping that we'd still, you know, be able to fit in the joke of the week, Jeff, because you know how much I love that. <laughs> yeah, we can, and it, and it's a ripper, Alois, um, and kind of kind of relevant because you know the public holiday with the horses and stuff. A guy, ah, okay. a guy, just after the horse race, Alois, was admitted to hospital with eight plastic horses in his stomach. His condition really? is now stable. <laughs> it's good, isn't it? No, it's not. Um, <laughs> I, I, I thought maybe you could get something funny out of a horse, but no, uh, that's... Yeah, yeah, all right. Well, definitely yeah. up to your standard, Jeffrey. Well, let's, let's move on to on this week then. Well, good, because that's always the one that everyone loves. And interestingly, on this week, the, the we had a birthday on the 2nd of November, and yeah. there was a guy from New Zealand, and his name is Matthew Salt. Matthew Salt? Um, and- I know Matthew Salt. You know Matthew Salt. Well, yeah, it was his yeah. birthday on the 2nd of November, so that's sort of just in this week, isn't it? Yeah, but maybe a lot of people won't know Matthew Salt. Well, surely, surely everyone knows Matthew Salt. <laughs> In fact, Alois, he's our special guest today. Really, Jeffrey? Well, there you go. Talk about coincidences. Yes. Hello, Matthew. Hello, hello. Good to be on the show. Well, welcome you, you, to the what, show. You, 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 re- you really got Matthew Salt on just, just because it was his birthday, Jeff. Yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> you didn't get Ma Long when it was his birthday. <laughs> Yeah, I know. But, um, you know, Matthew's, you know, more interesting than Marlong. Well, obviously. <laughs> How are you, Matthew? Good to see I'm you. I'm very good. No, nice of you to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, actually, uh, I'm not seeing you. Where, where, where are you at the moment, Matt? Well, at the moment, I'm based uh, in Singapore in the Southeast Asia area. Yeah, quite a nice Singapore. place to be. My mm. goodness. Well, Excellent. there you go. And look, the reason we've got Matthew Salt on the show is because ITTF are releasing a new ranking system soon, and uh, and Matt's been heavily involved in that. So we thought we'd get him on to to talk about the ranking system. But first, um, yeah, Matthew, why don't you tell us just a little bit about yourself and how you got into table tennis? Hmm, sure thing. Um, no worries. My background in table tennis is, uh, I suppose, quite a common one. My father was a coach. Oh, he still is uh, in in New Zealand, which is where I'm from. Yep. Uh, so he's involved with the the Wellington coaching team, and he got me involved in the sport. Uh, I was going to say at a young age, I was 13, but that's not too young to be honest for a table tennis player. 
Um, but yeah, that's how I got started, and I played for for many years um, competitively, uh, although not at a super high level. And then uh, more recently, I've been more focused on work, but I do still get a few games in now and then. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's so, interesting. Yeah. Sorry, go Alex. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, getting in uh, through your father, and I think that's a really common common uh, thread, isn't it, with uh, with table tennis? Like a lot of people do get in um, involved through their families. So, how was that, Matt? Like, did did your father coach you when when you were young? He tried to. I mm-hmm. don't know. Maybe it's because he's my 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 dad, but uh, I I prefer to get coaching from from other coaches. He um he got me started and coached me in the, in the early days. But then when I moved, well, from, when I moved out uh, out of home at eighteen, I went up to Auckland, which is the the big smoke in New Zealand, and mm-hmm. uh, I started playing there and. Yeah, I think that's when it sort of um, got going. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So, um, so, what level did you play at in um, in Auckland there? Because Auckland is it's a it's a very strong club um, uh, in New Zealand, and it's produced a lot of um, excellent international players um, in an Oceania champion. So, did you were you at the top level there in Auckland? Or well, I wouldn't say I was at the top level. I, I've uh, had a few good wins. I. I recall before I stopped playing competitively, I did uh, take down Matt Hetherington at one point, who's one of the New Zealand representatives, but uh, that's probably about as, as far as I got. Well done. Okay, it, well, is, it is nice, and, and now you got to say it on the show, so well done. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, and also, Matt, um, you, um, you're really interested in statistics. Is, um, is that just uh, something you like, or are you interested in stats in all areas of, of work? It's, well, it's, it's certainly a big passion of mine. I was involved in um, data analysis for a company that I worked for back in New Zealand uh, called Concentrix, and um, I, I worked with them in that field. It sort of got me more interested in seeing if I could branch off that aspect of my my interest towards table tennis because I've always had a, a high interest there. I thought I, maybe I'd join the two together. So that's something I worked on, and obviously it's uh, reaped rewards, and I've come far with that. Yeah, it's excellent. And so you've done you've done a lot of work with the ITTF, and some of the some of the stuff that I found really interesting is some of the stats you do on the World Championships. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, sure thing. The World Championships. So uh, each year I, I do get involved, um, and I get to travel over to the World Championships. Uh, this year was in Dusseldorf, Germany. Uh, I work with them. Quite directly, I try to keep the commentary team well informed with the statistics that I provide, so that they know which players have what sort of record they have against their opponents and, and history on the the world tour and world championships, um, so they can be well informed. Also, the same sort of information for the journalist team, the editors, uh, to make articles and uh, keep people informed. And I do a, a stats and facts sheet uh, each day of the event and at the end as well to, to give sort of a summary as well. Yeah. Okay. And, and so, are you the sorry? Are you girl? the brains behind Adam Bobro? Are you the uh, the guy in his ear? Yeah. From time to time, I'll be keeping him informed. He's very very sharp, quite up to it. So, more often than not, he knows just as much as I do. Okay. Very good. Awesome. Yeah, that's good. And um, are there any are there any stats that you've found that are like just really surprising? Surprising to statistics in table tennis. Well. I mean, it comes as no surprise that the Chinese are unstoppable. Yeah. Um, but perhaps it might not be known that, uh, oh gosh, I read an article somewhere 
by a non-table tennis uh, journalist that table tennis, uh, the Chinese are more dominant in table tennis than any other um, sporting team at any uh, any event in terms of countries. Yeah. yeah, and there was there was stats to back that up. You know. It's pretty yeah. ridiculous when almost everything. Of course, that may be set to change with the World Cup, but you know we'll see. Yeah, we will. But yeah, yeah, it certainly is interesting. And, and, and it's great you're doing that work because I think it does provide more interest and, and if the commentators can reference those statistics, um, you, know, you know, I certainly enjoy hearing about it and, um, yeah, finding out head-to-head records. But then even, you know, um, things like the average length of a game and, the, you know, what percentage of points are won on serve. Um, yeah, there's just so many, so many good statistics you can come up with. Yeah, is it is it true, Matt? And, and this is one that we've floated a couple of times that that the most common score is eleven nine in a game. That's that's quite accurate. Yeah, I've come across that in many events. Eleven um, nine is more common than other scores. It's a fairly small margin of difference, but that's the mm-hmm. one that has the highest percentage. Um, yeah. It's quite a close game score, isn't it? It is, and 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 yeah, I, lo- I really like that stat because um, it's yeah, it just means that. The game is exciting, obviously, and and Jeff and I often have this argument, Matt, about uh, games up to eleven <laughs> and games up to twenty-one. You know, I'm a, I'm a I'm a big convert to the uh, to the games up to eleven, but Jeff's yeah, Jeff, Jeff's not uh, not all that convinced. But you know, with with stats like that, mate, you know, how can you go wrong? Yeah, I'll bring back games to twenty-one. <laughs> to twenty-one is uh, to twenty-one. It does take you back. I think that changed in two thousand one, maybe. But then those those games didn't keep the public as well engaged, so to speak. Uh, the audience, you know, you'd be watching a game and the player would be winning a live... Uh, wait, you'd win 21-4 or something, and that's just... It's not as engaging. So the IGTF, a long time ago, they decided to change that to try and keep the audience interested and, and you know, move things forward in that light, which is, I think, it worked out fairly well. It, yeah. It, uh, <laughs> I know, I'm a lone soldier on this one. I think everybody <laughs> I talk to just loves games up to 11, like you're saying, Matt, and they think it's much better and much more interesting. So um, I might have to admit that was the right call. Come, come um, on, you're going to have to but... move on, mate. You're, you're a dinosaur. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, so, Matt, um, yeah, so, so getting now to, to the... Um, to the work you're doing at the moment. Um, so you've been working a bit on the the um, ITTF ranking system. Do you want to just tell us a little bit about what you what you're up to there? Yeah, how did that come yeah. about? And and yeah, what, why did the why is there a ch- even a change needed? And and what what is the new ranking system? Mm. Oh, okay, no worries. The um, how did that come about? The world rankings was uh, I think. There was some talk about it being changed quite some time ago, over a year ago, and um, and they came to me. They asked if I could do some trials for them. And the reason I got involved, in fact, with the ITTF in the beginning was uh, way back in 2013 at the World Championships, I um, messaged them or left a post on Facebook, I believe. That's when they were just getting more active on Facebook and things like that. Social media has come a long way with the ITTF, but back then, I sent them a message saying that uh, I'd love to see certain stats and I'd be interested in, in providing those. And uh, they got in touch via email and it's sort of gone on since then. But I've been involved sort of on and off since that time. And, and they asked if I could get involved with the world rankings. So we made some trials and, and, and here we are. But the world rankings, uh, the reason it needed a bit of a change, a bit of an overhaul, 
was the um, the the previous system. While it does work in a certain sense, it provides us a a good look at who's at the top and things like that. It also doesn't change too often. It's not as dynamic as the new system, which I'll just explain in a moment. And the um, what we had was players could uh, could sit back and relax and hold on to their world rankings. For example, you had, you had Ding Ning who played only just a handful of times this year, yep. and she was at number one right up until uh, until this month, where she just dropped off due to inactivity. Um, but yeah, it's I would say the new system gives us a bit of a more dynamic look at um, where players are standing and, and how often they're competing as well. Yeah, and I think that's good because I think. Um if you're encouraging the top players to play more, then, you know, the fans get to see them more and it's, it's a win for everybody. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. So, so what are some of the major features of the new system? And when, well, firstly, when does the new system come in? Mm, it's going to kick off in January. Yep. Uh, right at the beginning of the month, just as we do now, we do ranking lists every month at the beginning which uh, look at where everyone stands. Now, the new system, it looks at the last 12 months of activity. So all the events in the last 12 months, it takes the top eight results. Oh, and I should say the World Championships itself is um, uh, exempted from that 12-month rule. It lasts for roughly 24 months. It goes from addition to addition. So let's say, yeah, 12 months excluding World Championships. It holds on to the results from those events and uh, puts them into a top eight results. Um, yeah, it, it looks at the top eight results within that period. And it tells you how well a player has done by looking at which position they reached in those events. And each position gives you points. So you'd be allocated points based on whether you reached the final or the round of 32 or the qualifying rounds, things like that. Awesome. And and is each tournament uh, weighted according to their its importance? its importance absolutely yeah the uh, olympics and the world championships would be the highest tier of event um followed by uh, as you'd expect the world cup and the uh, world tour grand finals uh, and the rest of the world tour events below and the continental championships right down to uh, multi-sport events and other events as well like uh, localized events the u.s open things like that mm. awesome that that sounds good um and you mentioned the continental events um so we've got a, like a lot of listeners from Oceania and from America. Um, how, how's this new system going to be for them? It's going to be quite good, I would say, for continental events and players from uh, from all continents. You'd have a bit more of a chance to see the uh, less well-known players up in the maybe in the top 100. And this is because the continental events give equal points for all continents. So if you win the Europe Cup it's going to give you the same points as if you win the uh, Oceania Cup. And then those players uh, naturally get invited to the World Cup, which gives you more points as well. So very good for the the top uh, players in Oceania and, and Africa as well, and things like that, the players that you don't see very often. Um, that Bearing that in mind, there's also a, uh, a rule we have for continental events where you can only have one, a maximum of one result in your top eight. Now, the reason for this is quite... Um, quite logical it's because some continents or some continental associations choose to have more than one a year of the uh the continental championships or they have them more regularly so maybe in europe they have it every second year and in, in africa or latin america they have it every year so we wanted to make sure that uh, those players aren't given a huge advantage by collecting continental titles 
and you can have one, just one in your top eight per 12 months. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I think hopefully, like, you know, the the top players will sort themselves out, but some of those lower-ranked players, like, you know, from 50 to 100, they can be, um, you know, quite upset if they think the system's unfair. So I, mean, I guess it, it really is a tough job you've got here to try and sort out a new ranking system. <laughs> it's a big job. It's um, obviously not all myself. I do the more inner workings of the formulas and things to uh, to create the the rankings. Yep. But um, there's a um, there are a lot of people involved in making sure that it's fair. And um, it took quite some time to come to the conclusions of some of the rules. But uh, I'm not too privy to to most of that. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Sure. And um, and I, I'm guessing that uh, it'll be reviewed after a year and. Um, have you done any um, dummy tests on it or, or dry runs, you know, with previous results? Uh, well, you could say that what we've got now up on the ITTF website is a bit of a dry run because we've released it a little bit early for people to see. Obviously, the rankings don't don't come into effect until January, but what it shows now is the results from the last 12 months. Uh, so that's events that happened in October this year, all the way back to November 2016. Um, and that can show us how things would look if that was the ranking right now. And it also, we also have up there on the, on the website um, rankings that go back to January of this year, which would be looking at the last 12 months then, which goes all the way back to the beginning of last year. So there is a bit of a dry run, as you would say. Awesome. So <laughs> where, where's the best place for people to find that? Just let us know, and then we'll put a link into the show notes so people can find it easier. Sure thing. The uh, rankings at the moment, you can find the main page, which is at www.ittf.com slash rankings. Awesome. And right there, if you scroll to the bottom of that page, there's the test rankings, which will take you to all of the places you need to go. Yeah, as well as great. The so, so jump on and have a look. That sounds awesome. Um, and now, was there, was there anything that surprised you when you, did the, when you did this test run about the rankings, or, or did it all work out pretty much as you kind of expected? It seems to be working out quite well. I, I would say mm, when we looked at the, I mean, we, we had several test runs before. There have been some changes since I since I came on board, and we've made it, we've fine tuned it, shall I say? Yeah. Yes. But it, um, I would say it's always a surprise to see uh, some of the top players on the current list are not uh, right at the top on the new one. And it's as I said before, it's it's just due to inactivity. You see, Ding Ning way down the list because she's played three times this year so it um it changes things up and it makes you look at it and you go oh wow um, yeah. but if i was a new player then i would i would be wondering who the uh, world number one woman is because i haven't seen her if i was a new player so it's yeah. something you've got to see them more active uh, yeah quite- and, and i and i guess this is a win for uh, for the public as jeff said earlier as well because now with the players now knowing the new rules they will be encouraged to uh, to participate in more um, of the international open events, and uh, gives the fans out there more opportunity to see these top players. You know, I, I certainly would love to see Ding Ning play um, if I was going to an international tournament. And if if uh, I only had three chances to see her this year, I'd be pretty disappointed. So um, I think that's that's a great little uh, innovation or incentive as well yeah. for the players. 
Absolutely. And did did um, the ITTF or yourself look at other sports and how they do their ranking system? Because, um, I don't know, just some of the things you said sort of remind me, like the tennis does a, like a rolling 12 months, I think. I'm not 100% sure. Um, was there any inspiration from other sports? Uh, Inspiration-wise, I would say, yeah, some of the points must have come from tennis. It uh, does sound a little bit like that. Of course, we've put our own sort of... Um, individual swing on it it's uh it's ittf's own thing but yeah perhaps tennis has has uh involved itself a little bit in our decision making perhaps yeah yeah that's good i mean i I really like that system um because sometimes you see like a player in tennis might get injured and then you know they've got to fight their way back through the rankings and uh, yeah some people think that's a bit unfair but i kind of like the way that works but um How's that going to work with the ITTF? Will, um, if someone can't compete for injury, will they get a special seeding or something? Special seedings is definitely something that was looked at very, very, um, very much. And we did, or I've seen that decisions were made to, to uh, make special seedings for, gosh, there was for pregnancy and there might also well be for injury as well. If a player's out of the out of the loop for a while yep. then uh, if it's for a legitimate reason like those then then we would uh, do special seedings for them at the moment there's already special seedings in place for players who have been inactive for a long time yes. so it makes sense to hold on to that in yeah. certain circumstances yeah excellent now um, am I right in saying that the old system um, used to reward you depending on who you played against and the new system doesn't the, uh, the old system did in fact reward you um, depending on how many rating points your opponent had. Uh, not their rank specifically, but how many points ahead of you they were, and you'd get points based on that, depending on if they're 200 points above you or 300 points. It's, uh, it was quite complicated and made it very difficult for someone to just look on the website and predict where their favorite player might be in the next month list. So we, we've simplified it somewhat, and now it's very easy. You can go on and see, oh, my favorite player is going to, play this competition and, and they're expected to reach the quarterfinal that means they'll get this many points and that'll enter into this place in their top eight and this one's gonna be uh, removed from the top eight or this one might expire it's easy to see uh, where a player is going to be points wise awesome that sounds good so so is your next project like a fantasy table tennis league <laughs> fantasy table tennis league that's a great idea i haven't uh, i haven't heard any word of that myself but perhaps i should pitch that idea to the boss yeah absolutely <laughs> that'd be awesome so so, uh, so who is your boss then, um, Matt? Uh, for me, I, I report to Steve Dainton at the moment. Okay. He's the um, the CEO of ITTF. Right. So, uh, Steve, obviously, um, uh, quite familiar to us. Um, Jeff, you you know Steve quite well. Yeah, yeah. A long time ago, yeah, I used to um, share a house with Steve. Must be over twenty years ago when he was just um, starting his co- coaching career. So. You know, he's come a long way and done a lot of great things um, in the meantime, probably since he lost contact with me, since he moved out of <laughs> out of our house. So his projections has really... gone up, yeah. Yeah, okay. Is, is, there a, is there a direct link there, Jeff? That's the question. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, should I uh, end our partnership soon? Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, yeah, if next time you see him, Matt, you'll have to ask him about his about our Kinder Surprise collection that we had. A Kinder Surprise collection. Okay, <laughs> I will do. Yes, indeed. Yeah, 
it was uh, something to behold, you know, grown men with their Kinder Surprise collection. But, yeah, anyway, <laughs> that's that's another point. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, well, this, yeah. sounds, this sounds really good, uh, Matt. So, I mean, it sounds like a lot of work's gone into it. Um, and, yeah, and, and I think it's going to be a good result. So, so well done. Oh, thank you. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so any predictions, Matt, on uh, who you think is going to head the list for both the men's and the women's when the uh, the official lists are released on the first of January? Can we get some inside goss? Some inside goss. Some predictions. Uh, yeah. What I can see now is that um, we have Marlong at the top for this this November trial list, and. I don't see Marlong competing in anything for the next two months, for, for November and for December, which means his top eight is going to go down to a top seven, and he won't have enough points to be ahead of uh, of Dima, who's in number two. But also I think Fan Zhendong is going to be up there as well. So one of those two, I would say, will be number one come January in the men's. And in the women's, I obviously the same situation with Ding Ning. She's been absent for so long. We've got Zhu Yuling, who's just gone all the way from 7th to 1st after the Women's World Cup. So she's quite solidly in the first place. But come January, it could be, it could be anyone's game between her and, and Cheng Meng, also of the Chinese team. Um, even some of the other players, oh gosh, I think we have Feng Chen Wei and, and maybe some of the Japanese players as well are fighting for that top spot. But we'll see come January. Wow. Okay. That's awesome. Do you think do you think this is going to change the way the Chinese go about their competitions and 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 they will play some more just to get that ranking spot? Mm, I'm hoping we'll see them a bit more on the world tour. Yeah. Uh, aside from that, I mean I, I don't see why there needs to be too much of a change in the way that they or any players are looking at uh, the table tennis calendar, but um People should be focusing on the the most valuable tournaments, which is the World Tour, uh, the World Championships, the Olympic Games, things like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That that makes a lot of sense. And so I think so. You mentioned this was the top eight. So if so, someone like the Japanese are going to a lot of pro tour events, which I think is good and helped them. But you, it's not just the more events you go to, the more points you get, is it? You said you t- you take the top eight. It's the top eight results only, yeah, so yeah. within a 12-month period. And a player, if if someone goes along to the Challenge Series and wins eight of those, that's 900 points a pop, they're not going to be number one in the world. They'll be somewhere around 20 or 25th in the world. So they really need to to do well in the, the top-tier events on the World Tour and the, the Platinum World Tour, things like that, and win on the continental level at the World Championships. World Championships is a fantastic place to earn points, all those places. Yeah. So so just just relatively then, Matt, um, what what's the World Championship worth compared to a Platinum event, compared to a, a, a Challenge event? Yeah, the World Championships is the top of the top, and you'd be getting 3,000 points for winning that. Um, so when you look at uh, the ranking of Ma Long, it comprises of uh, that would be his top event, uh, the World Championships, and and until recently the Olympic Games as well would have been at at the top, but that expired already. Uh, the World Cup is um, is down at twenty five fifty. Uh, just looking at the chart now, there are lots of things to remember. But um, yeah, the World yeah, sure. Platinum event, you get twenty one hundred points for winning that, um, which is quite valuable. Yeah. Uh, below that is the regular World Tour events, which is down at uh, 1,350. It, it does go down fairly quickly, but um, 
the top players you see uh, the cream of the crop they reach the uh, high status by winning those top events awesome yeah, sure no that's uh, that sound that sounds really good and um uh, yeah, I, I, I concur with Jeff. I really like the system. I think it encourages uh, the players to uh, to get on the tour and and to you know play their eight events. Um, gives gives the fans a better opportunity to see the top players in the world. Um, and uh, and now that it's all public, I'm sure that the um, the players will be you know working out their their set for next year and and how they're going to get their eight uh, eight tournaments at least and and which t- uh, tournaments they're going to target so so hopefully for the fans around the world lots more great table tennis to watch absolutely yeah and i really like that it's it has been simplified and you and you can kind of predict you know if, if he makes it to this spot he'll get this many points whereas before it was depending on who they were playing and it was really difficult so even though it's um simpler some people might not like that i think it's actually better so yeah excellent well sorry, done so yeah just one more matt um so winning the world championships is three thousand. what's runner-up worth and what's a quarter final worth for example roughly is it a big drop it it's uh it's not a huge drop. The runner-up of the World Championships gets 2,700 points, so that's 300 less than the winner. Quarterfinals down to 2,100, which is, uh, as I said earlier, it's the same as the World Tour Platinum uh, for quarterfinals yep. to the World Champs. Yeah, but it does drop quite significantly after that. Okay. Yeah, no, that, that, that's, that's good. And, um, and that would have taken a lot of working out too, I'm sure, and a lot of, uh, lot of roundtable discussions and arguments, no doubt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I imagine so to get to get those numbers right but yeah that's um anyway yeah i think great initiative by the ittf and uh let's see how it all works out um in 2018 excellent well thanks thanks so much matt for uh for jumping on and uh helping us explain the, the new ranking system and uh we look forward to seeing it in action yeah me too my pleasure thanks for inviting me on yeah thanks matt great job Thank you, everyone, for listening. We really appreciate your support. I hope you enjoyed that informative session about the rankings. And thank you to Matt Salt. And we will see you again next week. But in the meantime, make sure you head over to www.kingskills.com. Bye, everyone. 